Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Samson Rope. Your rigging ropes aren't just tools of the trade. They do the grunt work. They have to endure dynamic loads, abrasion, and moving through hardware while keeping you safe, which is why Samson rigging ropes are specifically designed and engineered to meet the rigors of your job, the result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Stable braid rigging line is the industry standard for arborists. A durable polyester double braid rope with a high strength to weight ratio, torque-free construction with UV protection. Put Stable Braid to work for you. Stable Braid from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information. This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Tree Diaper. Did you know that the normal one-year warranty on a new tree has nothing to do with tree establishment? Or that newly transplanted trees need two to five years of maintenance before establishment? It's because trees often lose the majority of their roots during the establishment process for a variety of reasons, including the expense of irrigation and the time of manual watering. Tree Diaper is a patented multifunctional plant protection system that absorbs rain or irrigation water before slowly releasing it back when soil dries. When used properly, it promotes healthy outward root growth that facilitates establishment and establishes the long-term health of the tree. By reducing watering need, it significantly reduces the labor and water cost while increasing the survival rate of newly transplanted trees. To learn more about how Tree Diaper can help your company get ahead of proper planting maintenance for your customers and help you save time and money, visit treediaper.com. Okay. Uh, Well, hi, Joe. I'm Diane Morgan. I am still currently the Director of Meetings and Events at TCIA. I've been employed and engaged with TCIA for over 16 years. And um, sadly, but excitingly, also I'm retiring tomorrow. So this is a really fun opportunity to uh, go out on a a really nice note with this podcast. So thanks for having me, Joe. Well, I'm glad you're here. And I guess continuing off of your, your 16 years here, how did you get your start at TCIA? Um, well, actually, through the old-fashioned uh, looking for a job um, 16 years ago, I, I think it was even in the newspaper, maybe, or online, but um, I live in New Hampshire. Uh, TCIA is based in New Hampshire, so, you know, to find an exciting local job in event planning, um, when I applied, it was just really exciting to get a job locally for a diverse company. Um, and, you know, frankly, I didn't have to go to Boston <laughs> um, and, you know, TCIA had a lot of interesting workshops with the conference and winter management and the growth of potential for me was immense. So I was lucky enough that they offered me the position. Cynthia Mills, our two previous CEOs ago, uh, was was kind enough to, to recognize me and uh, hire me. Here I am 16 years later. And what was, I mean, what was it like when you first came to TCIA? Were you immediately thrown into planning TCI Expo? Oh my gosh, Joe. I was hired in July. Oh. Expo, Expo, as you well know, is in November. And um, funny story was when they hired me, I couldn't start for two weeks because I was employed or three weeks. So I met my boss and my the woman that I was going to be working with and I said well just bring me some files so I can look through them and get 
up to date. And we met at a restaurant and they, I could see them open their, their car door and their trunk and they brought out file after file cabinet, like files of paperwork. And they're just like, here. So that I knew it was real at that point. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So I start, I started expo. It was in Columbus and I had three months to plan it. So yeah, jump in the fire. So I guess, what was it like once you, you got there? Did you, was it anything like what you've done before or was it totally different? Um, Well, I had, I had many years of meeting planning experience beforehand and trade show experience. Um, But as we all know, Expo is not like any other trade show. I mean, Mm -hmm. equipment and the size. I remember opening the door in Columbus and looking at the show floor as it was coming together, almost like hyperventilating that, oh my God, this is all on me and my team. And it was so big and expansive even then it was, which is not nearly what it is now, but it was so cool. It was so exciting. That feeling is still with me. I can still remember how I feel felt when I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine, especially because you had such a short time to try to plan everything out. And I'm sure it was really learning a lot of new things. I'm sure before you probably never worried about how to get equipment onto a trade show floor of that size. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're currently, as of as of today, I know tomorrow is your retirement day, but you're the director of meetings and you have a very hands-on approach when it comes to Expo, which means you bring a lot of your past experiences and memories and information about these places that we've gone to. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know how do you choose a venue for TCIA, both in terms of location in the country, as well as uh, the specific convention centers we choose? Yeah, great question. We look at it from, from two perspectives because we have attendees and we also have exhibitors and both of them drive that decision. Uh, from the attendee, and a lot of it is crossover, but um, ease, of location is important. We have to have really good airlift in. It can't be like a really honky tonk city where there's not good flights in and out. Um, The convention center has to have a particular amount of exhibit space. We're upwards of over 285,000 square feet of exhibit space and a lot of education rooms. That rules out quite a number of cities. Um, We also need to have affordable housing in the in hotels nearby. Um, we want to make it affordable for people to come. So we we tend to stay away from what's called first tier cities, the Bostons of the world or the Chicago's of the world and the Atlanta's of the world. Um, the, the hotel packaging is much more expensive. The convention center rates for TCIA and our exhibitors are much more expensive. The labor for our exhibitors that have to pay for labor is much more expensive in those cities. So we tend to stay away. We traditionally have always stayed away from that. We also, unfortunately, don't go much further than Indy and St. Louis Midwest um, because of the draw of our attendees seem to come from, there's a radius that we put together. We know that within that radius is a lot of tree care companies likely to come to TCIA. So there's, there's a lot of um, demographic 
research that's done into deciding the location as well. No, that does make sense. And what has your experience been like working with some of these convention centers about trying to get our show in there? Because I can only imagine that when you must list your requirements, some of these people who think they've seen it all, their their heads must start to roll. Yes, um, <laughs> they do. Um, the size of our equipment is, is a little frightening. Actually, there's load-bearing um, requirements on the show floor. So some of our equipment actually, um, unbeknownst to most of the audience, like there has to be support for them that we put down on the floors to help with that load bearing. Um, we like to have ceiling heights really high so the, the aerial lifts can go up and, and you know, putting a live tree on, well, a tree that we're doing demonstrations on the trade show floor always like is intriguing when I say I'm bringing in a 30 foot tree that we're gonna put up and cut down and just chainsaws and chippers are very scary words to convention centers. So there's a lot of legalities that go on behind the scenes as well. Yeah. And one more, one more thing about the logistics before I take it to a more exciting place, but, um, and I'm specifically thinking more towards Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. What's it like to try for exhibitors and stuff like that to try to load equipment into the actual thing because i know i know we were blocking up traffic in pittsburgh yeah the uber driver complained about the traffic and i just kind of had to pretend like i had no clue what he was talking about he's like there's these giant trucks and stuff in the way and i was like yeah i wonder wonder why they're here wonder why wonder yeah. what's going on yeah that's another thing that people you know behind the scenes don't realize that this equipment comes you know let's say it's pittsburgh but they're bringing it in from you know, be coming in from Columbus or Milwaukee. And so these, these pieces of equipment are coming across the highways and then it gets into the city and the city streets, which are often narrow and we do block out traffic. Um, and in particular cities, sometimes we have to lock out the, the actual street that we're coming in on and they, we have to work with the police and allow them not to we shut that road down basically for the, the time that we're coming in and out. Um, yeah, and then everybody sees this big pieces of equipment coming through their cities. Luckily, it's moving can start as early as Sunday and Monday. Some of the equipment comes through a little bit early so that's in place in a what we call a marshalling yard. Sorry if I'm getting too detailed, but yeah, so a lot of the equipment can come in on the weekends and, and just be parked there. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, being staff, we see a lot that goes on behind the scenes i think it's it's good to share that we are doing our best situations do pop <laughs> up things don't always go according to plan and you know stuff like traffic and the actual convention center hitting uh, the door and the way in like equipment whoops yeah whoops. equipment hit the overhead door oops. yeah there's there's a lot of stuff that that um can go wrong that you've done a great job of kind of mitigating how how stressful are those couple of days of expo because a lot of people will come in and they think they look like kids in the candy shop but for you it's a very different experience and i know firsthand that uh, expo diane is in very different company than everyday diane um yeah i think it's it's probably true it, it is it is stressful we we put so many 
months and years, like right now I have Expo contracted out through 25. So there's an investment of everyone's time and effort. And so day of everything that you've planned for is, you know, theoretically is supposed to go seamless, but it's only as good as the paper it's written on. So, um, you know, yes, things always will happen and you, you do need to be accommodating, um, as much forethought as you can so that they don't, but realistic that they're going to happen. And it, it is stressful. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, what one, I guess, in terms of whether it was location or in terms of planning or just overall, what was your favorite TCI Expo that you've attended or set up? So the first thing that came to mind is Hartford. And the reason for that was because my dad drove down and he could see it. And I would try to explain to my parents what I did. And even my friends from Connecticut that I used to do meeting planning with, it was a different kind of event planning than it was incentive of travel. And I would tell them about my trade show and they just couldn't fathom it. So they drove up and my dad came down and I took my dad around the back and he met with the exhibitors and he's a, he was, he's passed away now, but um, he's a real outdoor guy. And oh my, he spent hours on the trade show floor <laughs> just yeah. to all the equipment people. And, and I took him in the back to meet a decorator and my boss. And it, that, so for me personally, that was my best one, but it was a, it was more of a being able to show my father what I did for a living. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that expo is probably one of the best examples that you could show anybody because, I mean, my first one when I joined in 2018 was absolutely mind-blowing, and I'm sure with each year that goes on and they start to get bigger and more yeah. complicated that you start off telling them one thing, and then when you realize they don't understand, you kind of leave some stuff out yes. only for them to show up, and they're like, you didn't say that, and you're like, oh, it's just part of the job yeah I forgot I forgot that we do that thing over there <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so, so that's that's really cool and I guess just another thing that goes on at TCI Expo and there's a lot that's gone on in very many years there's been uh, proposals there was the ice storm that you guys had that one year um, I don't want to say what's the, the the craziest thing that's happened to you at Expo but I guess what's the What's, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you at Expo? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, one of them, not one of many. Yeah. So if, so bring 4,000 people plus about 2,000 exhibitors and, you know, a hundred staff and the DM, anything, everything has happened at Expo. We've had deaths at Expo. We've had marriage proposals at Expo. We've had fights at Expo. We've, <laughs> we've had equipment left on the trade show floor that I couldn't move when a boat the next day the boat show was coming in and I had this huge piece of equipment sitting in the corner as boats were coming in and I was getting calls at two in the morning saying you got to get this thing I'm like I can't pick it up and move it um we've had rot you know we've had the riot in Baltimore well it wasn't a riot but we had the demonstrations in Baltimore we've had everything <laughs> weather lots of weather um just 
your dog in the background. We've had, I've had to kick, I've had to kick poor little dogs off the show floor because they're not service dogs. Oh no, you you get to play the bad guy fairly often, don't you? I know, but there's always there's also the really cool, good, good, good stuff. Like just seeing all of the attendees coming from everywhere, and when the door opens and seeing their eyes light up, it's like the best. It's all worth it. You know, and watching the, them sit in education and taking notes and talking to the speakers afterwards and connecting them, getting their CEUs and continuing to be safe and have a career. It's awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah. And I mean, with your, with your time, sir, you kind of come become a celebrity at Expo. I'm pretty sure we could get you a, a standing standing ovation at Expo <laughs> certain years with all the yeah. problems that you fix and the people that you take care of. And I don't think a lot of people even know my face, though, because I'm never in front of people. I'm always in the background. I remember one year I went to winter management and a new person had started. And when we came home, we were looking through all the pictures and this new person was like in every photo. And I was like, I'm not in one. <laughs> because yeah. I'm just never in the I'm always like doing the next thing so the event starts I'm on to the next one and I'm always pre-checking I'm like I need to get in front of the camera a little bit I don't think people know who I am <laughs> they know your name because I know that when I'm at expo they're like do you know where Diane is uh, I'm like yeah. I can't tell you where Diane is but <laughs> you know if I knew I'd be after her too so yeah well that's we, sweet thank you um just, you know, wrapping at the end of this, is there anything that you want to say or talk about? Uh, just anything at all before we, we put this to a close? Oh, thanks, Joe. Um, actually, you know, kind of putting on my retirement hat for a moment. Um, I'm really excited to see what you and your colleagues, you know, the, all the, I, I get, you're not really new anymore, so I don't want to say that, but like there's just much new blood and new ideas and the changes and I just can't wait to see what happens and it's going to all be for the good when I came I changed things and when the new person comes they'll change things and it's just for the good of the industry and I can't wait to see what happens thank you to our podcast sponsor Samson Rope your climbing ropes aren't just tools of the trade your life literally depends on them Specifically designed to endure any environment you throw at them, Samson Climbing Lines not only meet the rigors of your job, but are engineered to keep you safe. The result of a legacy of over 140 years of innovation. Hyperclimb is a new 100% polyester 11.7 millimeter double braid climbing line, engineered for both moving and stationary rope systems that run well with your hardware and prusiks. Hyperclimb's low elongation is key for long ascents and dual-purpose climbing. Hyperclimb from Samson, the strongest name in rope. Visit samsonrope.com for more information.